Hello and welcome to Theater 42, a virtual art house cinema. The only place to watch films in theaters at home in comfort. So join our Kickstarter campaign and enter for your chance to win the golden ticket with unlimited access to live shows, events, and films. To learn more, visit our website at theater42.org. That's theater42.org. And soon you'll be well on your way to a lifetime of cinema. From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. Alaska is a land rich in natural resources. Gold, copper, oil, salmon, and crab have all drawn people to the 49th state in search of wealth. These economic booms have also brought criminals and desperate dreamers to Alaska. In a state with soaring mountains, raging rivers, violent storms, and extreme temperatures, you either choose to live on the edge or society forces you to live there. People disappear in Alaska at twice the national average. Too many have stepped into the woods, never to be seen again. In my podcast, I share stories about murder and mysterious disappearances in the last frontier. For early access, exclusive content, and so much more, go to patreon.com slash life through fiction. That's patreon.com slash life through fiction. Patreon episode. We're here. We're ready. It's been it's been a long time since yep. we've done one of these. Yeah, we so haven't got really, a lot of like, yeah, we haven't really done an episode. Got a lot of catching up to do, man. Or bullshit. I love watching television. <laughs> I love it. You watched any I television since TV. we last talked? Did you finish Mr. Show I, yet? I, when I say television, I just mean like no, I didn't finish Mr. Show. When I say television, I don't mean like TV shows. I just mean like the television, like just the television. You know, I love watching <laughs> the TV <television>. itself. <laughs> yeah, the TV itself. I love watching things on it. I love when things appear on the screen and move around and talk. I love it. Mm, it's so good. It feel, it's so good in my brain, in my eyes. I like it when the, the lights beam into my eyes and into my brain. It feels good. <laughs> Yummy. Speaking of television, I have watched almost no television since we last talked. I the watched. Movies are better. I mean, it's true. It's true. I, I think I've watched one, two, three, four. You're basically on I vacation, think... right? This past yeah. week, you were basically on vacation. So I watched 15 movies. That's what I did during my vacation. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. vaca- you're I'm... going vacation mode. I mean, the only TV I watched is I watched the first two episodes of Stranger Things. It's definitely the best season. Giving them more time to like do their shit has helped a lot. Although we haven't gone back to it yet. So uh, I think I already talked about this, but I did watch the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nothing happened. Yeah. We haven't gone back to that yet. We, oh, we started watching Futurama, which I had oh, yeah, actually I watched in high school. I had never seen it before. I'd seen like a couple of episodes, you know, like here and there, but I've never like sat down and watched it. It's it's actually quite it's quite entertaining. It's a lot better than I thought it would be. I I enjoy the experience. It's definitely just like one of those shows I'm, that you turn on and chill, you know. I, I watched that in high school and I liked it, but for me, I'm more of a Simpsons boy. I like Simpsons. Mm. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. I feel that. I feel it. But what what have you been watching, Andrew? What have you yeah. been up to? Well, look, I'll just like, of course, like I'll just like go through it and like, well, look, I saw a bunch of movies in theaters this week. Um, you know, um, I guess one I'll mention real quick. 
was I saw the 4K transfer, 35 and 35 millimeter of the conversation at the art museum. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Francis Ford Coppola. It was the movie that, of course, he made between the first and second Godfather movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. The second time I've seen it. You know, just incredible. <clears throat> great film. Um, looked great. I liked it more the second time, but there are things about it that I liked less. Um, I think that some of the plot stuff kind of was a little bit more, showed its cracks a little bit for me the second time around. I won't get into it. But I will say that like the thing that I think made it even more is that because I wasn't focusing too much on that stuff, because I know what happens. I focused way more into kind of like the main character played by Gene yeah. Hackman, Harry Call, who, which I think is one of the greatest movie characters of all time. He's written amazingly. He's acted incredibly. Gene Hackman, amazing. So it was nice to really be able to kind of like sit in and focus in on that character because it feels so like well-developed and it feels so like like it's his arc is just feels so just like incredible and just the the journey that the character goes on is just incredible and he's super complicated and kind of but he's super complicated and closed off early on and then he opens up more and all these different things happen throughout um and yeah like if there's any reason to watch it it's um it's to see that great character and great performance of Harry Call. The story is so good. And from a visual and sound aspect, it's also fantastic. Um, but yeah, that character is so good. Love it. Um, yeah, to kind of get into it, you also saw Crimes of the Future. I saw it too. Saw it in mm-hmm. theaters. Um, and I really loved it. Yeah. It's a great movie. I I have a lot of things Blair, to say. It's super funny. It it is. There's the thing about Crimes of the Future that I think I like less than Videodrome. I mean, of course, you know, he's had like 40 years of work between the two films. So certainly a more uh, established director. First of all, let me just say that like there's like 10 production slides that come on before the movie, which means yeah, like that's just how these movies are made now, you know, like which is good for him Greece. though. Like, they that means he, like, again. had to, like, I mean, the amount of work that would have had to go into convincing all these different production companies to put in, like, a couple, what, $100,000, maybe, into this it's film. It's just too bad that he has made. to do that. It's just oh, too, yeah. It's just, it fucking it's just sucks. Too fu- it, it's too fucking bad that, like, David Cronenberg has to do that instead of just being, like, you know, bankrolled by, like, you know, a really, you know. I mean, it's insane. He's, he's like, one of the, I mean, like, every one of his films is shown at Cannes. Like, I don't understand why. It, it should not be, I mean, you know, good for Cronenberg to still be able to make these films and the fact that people are backing him, but like, it should not be this hard for him to make a film. Like fucking John Favreau just goes to Disney and, you know, John Favreau is fine, but like maybe, you know, give the Cronenbergs of the world a little more credit here. And sure, Crimes of Future isn't going to be, you know, a $1 billion film, but it's just lame that that's the kind of things that he has to go through, but all the respect to him. And as far as the film itself goes, I think it has a lot of really interesting ideas, but in a lot of ways, it feels more like a pilot episode of a TV show than it does a film, not in the sense of like, you know, it's not visually stunning and the performances aren't great, all those things it it is great performances it is visually stunning sound effects of course as always are great but uh it reminds me of this interview that the guy who made nebraska and downsizing yeah alexander payne he talked about you know after making downsizing he kind of felt like that film was a failure and i don't know if you've seen downsizing andrew or any of our audience but the thing about downsizing, it has a really good premise, but the problem is, is it keeps bringing up new premises. And so nothing feels finished by the end of the film. And with Crimes of the Future, I kind of feel the same way, which is there's a lot of really great ideas, but the more the film goes on, the more ideas that are brought up and the more things are happening, 
And it might just be that, you know, Cronenberg's got all these things going on. And maybe if he had more money, right, he would have made a longer film. But it just feels like there's all these brilliant ideas, all these crazy things, and nothing feels finished to me in the end. Uh, there just feels like a lot of loose ends. It feels like, and there's nothing wrong with moving from uh, topic to topic to topic. I mean, I love all the crazy ideas. And there's nothing wrong with kind of just ending a film very quickly, as Cronenberg does in a lot of his films. Uh, all the respect to all those things. But honestly, my big complaint with Crimes of the Future is it feels like it should have been a much longer film. Like there's just a lot of open-ended questions here. So maybe that's purposeful. Maybe that uh, was his intent, or maybe he just didn't have the funding to make a longer film. But by the end of the film, I just had more questions than answers. And I, I left the film a bit frustrated in that sense, because, you know, I wanted to learn more about the plastics and his work with the police or detectives or whatever. And I would have loved a lot more with Kristen Stewart. I just felt like there's a lot of things in here that I wish there was more of. Yeah, I think your criticisms are valid. I wish it was a little longer too. It kind of ends abruptly. Yeah, Kristen Stewart kind of like disappears by the end of the movie too. Like her, yeah. it turns out she's like working with like the like the cops or whatever, and it's revealed, and you're like, oh, and then you never see her again. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I agree with you. I wish there were, the movie was a little longer, had more meat. But I still, I still, I still dig it. I still like it. I still think that it has a. I still think it it, it scratches an itch for me. Uh, yeah. Where. Um, and it has like amazing moments and like a really good cast too. Um, you know, I just think I, I really like the surgery as performance thing. And also mm-hmm. they talk about like surgery being the new sex. I love yeah. all that shit. All that shit is so much fun to watch and listen to. Um, and yeah, like this idea of like, uh, literally like we have organs, this person, you know, Vigo's like, he plays that character who's, you know, vor- organs are, he wants to remove them so he makes it like a big art spectacle every time and but like and then he talks and the guy that he talks to you know saying like you know maybe your body's trying to tell you something like maybe you shouldn't do it maybe you should let it happen um which i think is interesting um chris stewart was good i love like her fucking like weird finicky thing i can see some yeah. people like watching it and being it like yeah, she was like cringy in it. Like I, I feel like that would be like a descriptor someone would make, like a normal person mm. would make, and just say like uh, her perform. She was like really cringy in it. I liked it. I liked uh, it too. I like how everybody's like really appears very nervous and weird in the movie. Yeah. Um, which I like. Um, Leah Sadu is really good in it too. I love like uh her reaction when she sees like the dead corpse of the boy in the freezer. Like her reaction feels really real. <laughs> Like she like starts like crying and stuff. It's like very it felt that felt really real. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, like I, I I completely agree with you, but I think that like everything in between the movie, I think, and the detective stuff is a little weird. It's like he's working with the cops and like that felt didn't that feel felt like it wasn't like super, I don't know, uh fleshed out. But other than that, like I think everything in between feels really is really fun to watch and, and explore. And it's a movie that looks disgusting. Like all the like buildings that they occupy is disgusting and fucked up and and horrible. And yeah, I love like 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 people can't eat properly now. Like they have to have like these um um Josh Lewis from uh letter he's the letterbox user, uh, one of my favorite ones. He writes really good reviews. He wrote that like um like crimes of the future is like uh those who like crash, existence and dead ringers will probably like this one and i love all three of those movies a lot um existence is like his gamer movie it's about like okay. a, a, a virtual reality gaming thing that people okay. plug themselves into and the gaming like peripheral like the console or thing or whatever it kind of looks like the technology and crimes of the future a lot where it's oh, like, okay. it looks like it's made of like bones and organs and stuff yeah so i love seeing that <clears throat> stuff again i think that stuff looks really good like they have to sit in these high chairs, like that in them in crimes of the future and like moves them around. It's like super weird. And like um Dead Ringers is about surgery, so there's a lot of that shit in it. And of course, Crash as well, kind of like, you know, 
surgery is a new sex and crash, you know, car crashes are the new sex, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I like all three of those movies. So kind of like seeing those kinds of like all ideas from those movies displayed once again, is just like, I can't help it. I love it. <laughs> Good for Cronenberg. Hopefully he, he keeps making them until, uh, until he can't make movies anymore until the day he goes. I, I hope, you know, a real it's Agnes real. Verda who's making movies, I mean, she made movies until like the day she died. Like she's in her nineties and fucking. You've only seen movies. three, right? Yeah, I've only seen *Crimes of the Future*, *Prude*, and *Videodrome*. I was gonna watch *The Fly*, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was also gonna watch the *Crash*, but I also couldn't find that anywhere. But I didn't have to pay Those for it. Hard. I wasn't gonna pay for it. But *Crash* doesn't. Uh, *Crash* doesn't really. It's a rare movie. Um, I, it came out on Criterion recently. That's like okay. one Criterion Blu-ray I need. Blu-ray I need to get immediately, like the second I can afford it, because I love yeah. that movie very much. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe check your library or something. Maybe they'll have The Fly or something. Oh yeah, you're um, right. They might. I'll go. Maybe. Yeah, I will. I will look into this. I will certainly. But this past week, like yeah. yeah. Sorry, continue. Okay. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I didn't have anything good to say. Well, I was just gonna say that like I did like fill in some Cronenberg holes that mm-hmm. of that I just like, you know, I I thought I might as well watch a couple things that I haven't seen by him. I watched a history of violence, uh, written by Josh Olson. It's like okay. uh this movie's insane. It's like <laughs> it's not a body horror movie. That's the thing about like his 21st century material, like Cronenberg it all of his movies aren't like necessarily body horror movies like he kind of his movies are sometimes his movies are just regular dramas in history of violence the only body horror in it is a guy gets shot in the face and it's like a shot of him like on the ground with his face blown out and there's like blood and like guts everywhere yeah but other than that like that's like the body horror in it Uh um it's like it kind of reminded me of that orwell movie the stranger Okay. It's like a, yeah. it's like Vigo. He like lives like in Indiana. He lives in a small town in Indiana. It could literally hey. be anywhere though. <laughs> it's in it's in Indiana. It might as well just be in the middle of any state, you know, any state yeah. in the Midwest. Like there's no <laughs> d- defining features. They probably filmed it in California. Pennsylvania. Like a small town in California. Yeah. Anywhere. California. You know? Yeah. Actually, it was actually he does he goes to Philadelphia at the end of the movie, but I won't spoil oh, okay. anything. But like, yeah, he's like, he's like a dad and a husband, but he was also, he worked, he used to work for the mob and he like saves, he he has like a diner and some guys try to rob it and he's like really good at killing people. So he kills them and then he's in the news and stuff and it causes a a bunch of uh, attention. Um, This shit is like, it's, it's crazy because it's like, it's filmed, no joke, like a sports, small town sports, like underdog movie, like Hoosiers (laughs) or um, like Remember the Titans or something like that. Like the way that everything is lit, it feels very like the music too. Everything is like lit and everything looks and sounds like, like one of those movies from that period. I'm assuming that this is completely like meant to be right. Like, because it's like. Cause it's like, has this like, you know, small town sentimentality to it. And then like tons of people just start getting fucking killed and shot in the face. Um, you know, it's kind of like an underlying violence kind of thing going on. Yeah. Great movie. Really good. <laughs> I recommend it. It was a good uh, 21st century Cronenberg film. And then I watched Cosmopolis starring Robert okay. Pattinson. Another really weird movie from him. <laughs> no body horror. It's like a movie about Robert Pattinson. He's like a billionaire man, hedge fund manager. And he's okay. trying to get from one side of New York City to the other to get a haircut. And he's like traveling in his limousine. <laughs> so it is okay. it's based off it's based off a Don DeLillo novel. Now I haven't read a Don DeLillo novel before, but um I watched it with Delilah and Delilah has read Don DeLillo before. And okay. DeLillo's dialogue. I think there's a reason why no one has ever. That's why I like Cronenberg. He does this. He 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 really like um, adapts challenging literary material, mm-hmm. and uh, like a Crash and um, Naked Lunch. Yeah, and uh, uh, Cosmopolis. Um, I I see why people don't really make Don DeLillo movies or anything like that because <laughs> his dialogue is really weird. His dialogue is. 
it, it like completely fucks with your brain. The way that people talk is very strange and it's really hard to describe. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. You have to see it to believe it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can imagine like, uh, I can imagine like, like people talk like transactionally almost like they kind of, everybody kind of talks monotonely uh-huh. and the things, the way that people talk, they talk in these like, almost like mini monologues about like their lives in the world, but they're talking okay. to each other. Yeah. Very it's prose. Very, very specific. Um, and the movie almost feels like a play kind of. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's just great movie. <laughs> really good. Just, but if you don't like that Don DeLillo dialogue, you're not going to like this. I can imagine, <laughs> you know, like in 2012 or something like that. I can imagine like yeah, teenagers or something being like, oh, Rob Pattinson, he's Rob in Pat. this movie. We should go see it. And it's just like completely indecipherable fucking Don DeLillo <laughs> shit, uh, you know. Um, yeah, but it's good. And um, what was the next Cronenberg I saw that I liked? Yeah, you know, the yeah, the last one that I watched was M. Butterfly, which is kind of like a recapitulation of Madame Butterfly, the play, I think. Okay. Another really weird, unexpected feature from him. Very strange. Not going to really get into any story specifics. Jeremy Irons is in it, is really good. Sweet. It's like kind of like, it's kind of his movie about Orientalism a little bit. Um, okay. Imperialism as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to get into it, but it's really weird. It's weird, but touching and beautiful. It's a very touching, beautiful movie um, and devastating. So, yeah, honestly, with I, I've never seen like a really bad Cronenberg movie. <clears throat> There's some that I don't care for. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, yeah, there's maybe like a couple that were just okay. But that's pretty good. That's pretty good track record. But I haven't seen all of his movies. Um, got a lot. There's still some I haven't seen. Yeah, I'm almost done though. I've probably, you know, I think I have to watch like five more of his features and then I'm completely finished with his work. Nice. Um, yeah, five or six. So yeah, I, 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 he's one of my favorite directors. He's so good. I always have like a really good time, really weird kind of confusing time with his movies. They always seem to surprise me in some kind of way. Yeah. Hey, that's great. I uh, so I was with my family this week, so we watched mm-hmm. so we watched a ton of movies because we were on vacation. So we were watching. I mean, there were days where I watched like three movies in a day, and yep. uh, we watched the exact vacation opposite mode. of yep vacation. Mode. Like we watched like the easiest, simplest movies, movies that are like that's fair. Were pretty big when we were kids, but for one reason or another, I'd never like seen them all the way through. If I had seen like parts before, so like you mm-hmm. know some of uh, Andy Samberg stuff, like Happy Gilmore. And Billy Madison, I saw for the first time. Uh, Billy Madison is bad, and anyone who doesn't think it's bad is wrong. It's it's a bad movie. Okay, okay. Good. So 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 here's the thing. So here's the thing. I'm gonna get into it right now. I've been going <laughs> Adam Sandler mode this week as well. I've been doing yeah. like an I went I went David Cronenberg Cronenberg David Cronenberg <laughs> mode these past like week and a half or so. And I've also been going Adam Sandler mode. So I watched a bunch of fucking Adam Sandler movies because yeah, I I had never seen a lot of them. Yeah. So I agree with you. Billy Madison, I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's like, for me, it's like a five out of 10 experience. I just, when he does that voice, it's really annoying. When he does so, like that voice is. in his movies, it's, it sucks bad. It's I bad. like when he does his regular voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Billy Madison, I just think it's like, okay. Um, I'm willing, I like the Norm MacDonald bits. Norm MacDonald's like Norm great. MacDonald. He's always great. I, I really like Norm Macdonald. Um, I like the Steve Buscemi cameo in that one a lot too. Also that great. Really, really funny. There's some great moments. Um, yeah. There's some good moments. And yeah, just like, but yeah, that movie is like really weird and confusing. Um, but Happy Gilmore is a much better movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Very enjoyable experience. Like it's a, it's a legitimately good film. I mean. Uh, no, it's good. It's, it's funny. It's sincere. It's silly. It's pretty consistent all the way through, too. It's in consistent. Terms of it's like quality and story and things going on. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's not like a cash grab, kind of like some of Adam Sandler's 
like what 2000s ish stuff which is just i would say like 2010 stuff which i also watched a few of but i mean happy gilmore it's a good time it's a fun film it's funny m sandler i I generally think is a good actor and especially when he does his serious performances which i guess at this point people have kind of caught on to but uh, happy gilmore is good we also watched a lot of things of that same vein so like we watched anchorman for the first time which is Sorry. it's fine uh we saw what's another whenever one? i think of anchorman by the way um nowadays like there's this uh, uh youtube channel called make 64 they make like comedy mm-hmm. videos about yeah. video games and they have a podcast and on the podcast i'll sometimes uh and well it's like three or four guys and they all grew up and live in san diego they're from there they live there you know they um you know, they have families there. They're not going, they're going to live there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Anchorman takes place in San Diego. They make fun of San Diego, like the whale's vagina thing. And whenever that movie is brought up, they always roll their eyes because they're just like, I fucking hate when I tell someone I'm from San Diego <laughs> and they have to reference that movie. Apparently, I don't know if this is still, the, I, I might be misremembering or maybe it's changed. Yeah. Apparently when you arrive at the San Diego airport, there's like a really big like poster or something of Will Ferrell's Anchorman that says like, welcome to San Diego or some shit like that. And they're just like, I fucking hate that so much. I fucking <laughs> hate that that like, they're just like completely pissed off that like, um, that's so funny uh, that, 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 that movie has such a, a connection to the city, even though it, they really feel like it has nothing to do with their city at all. Yeah. No, I love that. That's, that makes me laugh. That's a, that's great. I also watched a Richard Linklater movie, but not one of his good ones. Uh, Where'd you go, Bernadette? Uh, I could have told uh, you that was bad. I didn't see it, but I already know it's bad. Oh, I knew it would be bad, but it was not good. Emily had read the book, and the books, I hear the book's okay. We actually have it somewhere in our library, but just very pointless. And there's this like monologue that runs through it all, like a you know, like a voiceover and it's bad and you just, you don't really care about anyone and nothing really happens. And it's, it's not worth the experience. It's definitely disappointing, you know, because Richard Linklater, the thing about Richard Linklater is he has some real hits and then he has some not so hits. And this boyhood sucks. I will. Boyhood isn't very good. Not a fan of that one movie. It's all right. What'd you say, Emily? What? Where'd you go, Bernadette? Yeah, as Emily said, the movie is kind of trash. So, you know, <laughs> Emily's real takes. We, uh, what else we watch? We watched Brie Larson's Unicorn Store. Oh. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. It's like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good necessarily. It's like a, it's just like your very typical like indie art film. You know, like there's nothing there's nothing really going on there. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. He's fun. Well, yeah, you're right. It was cool. it was a little boring. But Emily watched the worst movie, which I would argue the worst movie we saw this week, other than Billy Madison. No, this is worse, is The Hating Game. I saw the beginning and the end, and that's all I needed. It was a Hallmark movie. It's just like a high budget okay. Hallmark movie. It's that's cool. Really bad. Like it's not. No, Billy Madison is trash, Emily. Are you gonna come in here and join the podcast, or are you just gonna yell from it, the it's bedroom? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but the best movie, the best movie I saw in these past two weeks. What? No, it was not Dodgeball. Dodgeball's okay. The thing about Dodgeball is it actually is a funny movie, but it's also very sexist. Are we saying the movies are like that? What do you mean? Uh, there, there's a I don't couple think Happy Gilmore is. Happy Gilmore's Happy Gilmore okay. isn't. You know, Billy you know, Madison I also is. watched, um, 
I also watched two out of three of the Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore uh, trifecta. I watched oh, Wedding yeah. Singer and Fifty First Dates, Wedding and Singer, I liked yeah. both of those quite a bit. Yeah, they're fun. See, I, I told you you'd like Wedding Singer. Emily loves Wedding Singer. It's a good time. It's just like a fun it's movie. Totally fine. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun movie. I, I, I honestly too like I like Drew Barrymore a lot. She's actually like really good in both those movies. She's yeah. like a really good like. She's just like a normal person, you know. She's not like a supermodel. Like Adam Sandler yeah. loves to cast supermodels, and his he always likes to have like supermodels as his wife in a lot of these movies. And <laughs> Drew Barrymore is completely normal. She's like really cute in The Wedding Singer. She's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a fun time. But the actual best movie I watched these last two weeks, I watched this two days ago, and uh, it was Top Gun. I saw Top Gun yeah, for the first time. And oh my God, what a spectacular film. I mean, we had yep. talked about it a little while ago and I knew it would be a good time, yep. but my God, incredible. I mean, Tom Rocks. Cruise is just an insane person and he's great in it. And I mean, Tony Scott's directing is just off the wall. There's everything is like shot during twilight hour. So everything looks absolutely beautiful. The fight, the like flying in this, sky scenes are insane sometimes i don't really know what's going on but it doesn't really matter and my brain turns off when i watch those scenes yeah they're not my favorite but the fight yeah the fighting scenes that's just how they are my brain turns off when i watch them just because like yeah like i'm kind of like i don't know they don't feel like super exciting to me Mm -hmm. but that's like i don't think it's a perfect movie but i do really like it a lot (laughs) i mean at the very least it's impressive like the but from like a filmmaking standpoint, like the fact that they're able to do it. But I, I'll admit that like a lot of the time I couldn't tell who was where. Like it's hard to tell the planes apart. So it, it's kind of hard to tell. I don't think they're actually, by the way, in this movie, I don't think they're actually in real planes. I think they're in a set. But I mean, like the, like when they shoot planes, like those planes are actually flying. Oh, right, right, right. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, right. yeah, the, like, right. like yeah. when they're in like when, in know, the, cockpits, the cockpit. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I think in Top Gun yeah. Maverick, they have a lot of shots that are like they are. actual. <laughs> they are. <laughs> which which okay. I watched. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, watched. You, you, yeah, you continue, continue. Uh, but otherwise, like, for most of the movie, there really aren't a lot of stakes. Like, it's just like a guy. No, in like a, <laughs> Like, I thought it was going to be like, a, a, not a war movie necessarily, but I thought it was going to be like, you know, they're going to like fight. Like, it's going to be like the first 20 minutes. It's just a like competition. They're they're just, yeah. But like the whole movie yeah. is just a competition. And despite that, it is so much fun. It is such a fun movie. I genuinely was clapping and laughing. I was having the time of my life with this movie. It's probably the best movie I've seen in a while. I just had such a joy. And like a lot of the time, you know, I don't feel disappointed that I didn't get to see the movie in theaters. Uh, Of course, you know, it's always wonderful to see like a Citizen Kane in theaters, which I was lucky enough to do when I was in film school. And some other, and you know, seeing playtime and uh, seeing that on a big screen was incredible. But this is one of the movies that I genuinely wish I could have seen on a big screen because, like, just the sound design and the visuals I mean, just to see that enlarge would have just been spectacular. So, I am going to go see Top Gun Maverick uh, Yo. probably tomorrow because my God, was Top Gun incredible! Just yep. Yeah, honestly, like Top Gun's a really good movie, but honestly, when I think about like Tony Scott directed features, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he has better movies. Okay. I think he's made better movies. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this Tony Scott world because my God. Honestly, if you liked Top Gun, you might as well watch Days of Thunder. Days it's of basically Thunder. Top Gun. Tom Cruise is in it. It's basically Top Gun, but with race cars. Okay. It, 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 it's basically the same movie, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like it's exciting. It's fast. It's very eighties music video kind of thing. Um, Tom Cruise. Good cast. Tom Cruise. Yes. He, he's like, he does a thing where he's like, he's a really great race car driver, but he doesn't have a lot of control and he makes mistakes and he gets people in danger. Yeah. Honestly, like if you like Top Gun, you might as well if you, and you want to watch more Tony Scott, just watch Days of Thunder because it's just kind of the same vibe. Awesome. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a Tony Scott blitz because that was just it his was movies just are really fun. fun. 
Yeah. His movies are really fun. I, I found out recently that I didn't know about this, but he, he committed suicide. Um, he jumped off a bridge in Los Angeles, which I had really? no idea about. Yeah. I was like very shocked by that. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that he did that. Of course he's the brother of Ridley Scott. Yeah. Wow. He, he rocks. That's... But yeah, um, I did see Top Gun Maverick in theaters. That was another movie I saw. And was it I'm a not going to go into. I'm not going to go into like. I'm not going to talk a lot about it just because I think when you see it, we'll want to talk about it a lot together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it rocked. It was really fucking good. Um, I think it's a little bit better than the first Top Gun. Okay. Um, I think it's just a slightly better movie. Um, but both movies have just different experiences. They kind of both sure. bring kind of like a specific experience. Much less gay than the first movie. <laughs> uh, Top Gun is a very homoerotic movie. This movie is. was less so. Oh, that's that's a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. It's a little disappointing, but the action and the flying was Insane. better. Much better. Very exciting. Very who, fun to watch. Who directed the second one? Joseph, Joseph? Kosinski. Okay. I don't think I've seen... I've seen Tron Legacy. That's about it. That movie rocks. I've seen Oblivion. I saw the movie recently, and that movie was all right. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of features. He's still pretty pretty new to the... He's got a brand new movie out on Netflix that just came out like a couple days ago that's based off a George Saunders uh, story called Spiderhead. Ooh. I fucking love George I'm guessing it sucks. It looks like it sucks. I love George Saunders too, but uh, this doesn't look good. How far would you go to fix human nature? But Top Gun Maverick, it rocked. It was really fucking good. It looked amazing. I'm disappointed because I wanted to see it in IMAX, but I waited too long and all the IMAX showings like tapped out. But that's okay. It still was really fucking loud in the movie theater that I went to. Watch it like, you know, in a Cinemark or an AMC or some shit like that. Um, Don't see it like on a a small theater screen. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. But yeah, when you you watch the movie, uh, Tom Cruise thanks you. (laughs) <laughs> like tom what? cruise is like he he does like when i actually this happened when i went to see jackass 4 earlier this year at the theater um uh-huh. johnny knoxville and steve-o are like hey thanks for coming to the movie theater to see uh, the jackass forever you know we really thank you for watching it and all this stuff and tom cruise did the same thing where right before the Sweet. movie starts it's like a mess- message of him sitting down he's just like hey thanks for coming to see the movie you know we made the movie with real f-18s and uh, or f-15s i forget which one and yeah we Planes. just uh, put a lot of hard work so thanks for coming to seeing the movie that's great i love it getting people into those movie theater seats whatever it takes i love it too because you know this movie i loved um this movie is out at the same time and it's like a sequel to like a very you know well-loved 80s mm-hmm. property top gun people love for it sure um, and it's just funny seeing, like, reading reviews for Top Gun Maverick, which is overwhelmingly positive, like, on Letterboxd. Yeah. And then, like, uh, th- with the new, like, Jurassic movie, like, it's, like, <laughs> the complete opposite. Like, you read reviews People for People fucking it hate just, it. Yeah, apparently it's just awful. So it's kind of funny, like, you know, it's possible to make, like, a really good sequel to, like, a, you know, a beloved 80s or 90s franchise. Um and there are right ways to do it. And I think Top Gun Maverick is a very right way to do it, as you will see oh, yeah. when you watch it. Um, well, Jurassic World Dominion apparently is really fucking boring and shitty. I yeah. I mean, I haven't I have not explored the world of Jurassic World yet. It's on the list. I'll, I'll get to it. And, I, uh, I don't give a fuck about that shit. I've only I've seen Jurassic but you've seen I've the seen Jurassic Park. I've yeah. seen Jurassic Park and two Jurassic Park one, two, and three. You've seen the original um, trilogy, yeah. But I've seen the first movie like three or four or five times because it's mm-hmm. an amazing movie. It's on the list. I'll watch it eventually. I can just never, I can never get around to it. I'm always like, eh, like I'm never in the mood for it for some reason. One day I will be. But you're not, yeah. you're not in the mood for dinosaur action? Not really. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. I did watch okay. a Howard Hawks movie though. I watched uh Oh cool. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Howard Hawks, of course, one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, you know, his girl Friday, one of my favorite films of all time. 
uh, Jungle for Blondes is an early Marilyn Monroe movie. It's the music's fun. You know, it's just like a fun uh, studio, Hollywood studio musical. I mean, it's exactly what you expect from exactly what you want from it. It's colorful. Marilyn Monroe has her Marilyn Monroe voice. Someone's clearly singing for her, uh, which is great. There's this point near the end of the movie where the other uh, main female actor plays like pretends to be Marilyn Monroe and she puts on like a Marilyn Monroe accent, which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it is such a good time and it's very typical Hollywood studio system. You know, nothing uh, out of the ordinary here. You know, you're not blowing any minds here, but when you just need like to just have a good time, I mean, there's just something so magical to me about Hollywood studio system musicals and just the Hollywood studio system of, you know, the forties and fifties. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea and I know there is something very mechanical and formulaic about the way those films are made and I get it and I appreciate that, but I don't know. There's just something weirdly nostalgic, even though like I'm not of the era and maybe it's just cause like when I was a kid, like my grandparents and stuff watch those kind of movies. Maybe there's something in that, but uh, it was just a good time. I really, I really had fun with it. And Howard Hawks is always, always great. And the music is, is always a good time too. So just another, just filling in those, those final Howard Hawks films. I think I've seen almost all of them now. I don't know if there's maybe one or two, but that guy made so many fucking movies. Cause you know, he's probably has like 200. What do you mean you're almost done? I've seen a lot of Howard Hawks. Oh, it says director of 42 films. Okay. Really? That's not that bad. Yeah, that's not that bad. Especially for like someone of that era. Yeah, for sure. Because those people like fucking. Yeah, I've seen. I guess I haven't seen as many as I thought I have. I've seen like a quarter of them. So I guess I have some Howard Hawks films to watch too. But honestly, if you've seen a quarter of his films, that those are probably probably the best ones. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen like all the big ones, right? His Girl Friday, The Big Sleep, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Rio Bravo. I haven't seen Scarface though. I would be interested in seeing Scarface. Oh yeah, Scarface. Scarface is a big one. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the De Palma. Scarface. <laughs> oh yeah, the De Palma. How many? Which are, which are, are there three versions of Scarface or are there four? I think there's what are you three. Talking about? So there's Scarface from the 1920s. There's a Scarface that Howard Hawks did. And then there's the Brian De Palma Scarface. I think three is. Yeah, I think three is. Here, maybe we can look it up. Yeah. Let's see. Letterbox. Okay, there's one, two. Well, there's going to be a new one. Cool. From Luca. The guy who did Call Me By Your Name. Right, okay. So I guess now there's three. I guess the Howard Hawks one was the original. Interesting. I swear there was one from like the 20s. Yep. Well, well, that's that. Is there anything else? Oh, uh, I watched the Bo Burnham Inside Outtakes, which you watched too, right? I did too, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I liked it. Watch I think it's, yeah, it's like, a, it's what I wish YouTube was. Like, it's very, you know, as opposed just, to what? Just like the like vlogger kind of fucking, you know. There's stuff um, other than that. There is, but like the big stuff is all that. Like I wish like more of YouTube was like. Sometimes I feel like YouTube takes itself too not YouTube, but like the people on YouTube kind of take themselves too seriously. And you know what I like about this, of course, like the ads are silly and stuff, and uh, like his little pop ups are fun. But uh, it's like simultaneously something that doesn't take itself seriously, but something that he clearly put like a lot of time and effort into, which it just feels like a lot of YouTube stuff is just very like producing content for like the sake of producing content. And I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily anyone's fault, but it's like, you know, you have to constantly be pleasing your audience by constantly be making new content. So then you can never like, like there's never a break, you know, there's never like time to like 
develop something of high quality. And that's not all of YouTube. You know, there's plenty of YouTube that does do that kind of thing. I just wish that was more of YouTube, I guess. I like the dance hall song. <laughs> that was good. That's, that's the one thing I remember the most from it. That <laughs> made me laugh. It sounded exactly like one of those songs. Sure did. It's fun. Yeah. I, I liked it. It's fine. It was yeah. a good time. I had fun watching it. I like I like watching I like watching the process of other artists, which you know, as much as like I enjoyed inside, I think what I liked about this is like inside's very like clean and like produced where this is I mean it's still very much produced but you know it feels a lot more like um you know mm -hmm. not not showing behind the scenes that's not really the right thing but it feels more honest I guess in that sense even though you know they're they're very different but they're also kind of I mean you know it's the outtakes from inside so it's good. It's a good time. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience. If you liked Inside, you'll probably like the outtakes. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. If you didn't like Inside, you're not going to like the outtakes. That's, that's pretty much where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just more yeah. Bo Burnham. Yeah, more Bo Burnham, you know. My impression is that like Bo Burnham, like um, he made Inside. Mm -hmm. um, super <laughs> celebrated. Everyone loved it. Um but it appears he had felt no catharsis. It, it just appears as though he, uh, um, like nothing happened <laughs> is, uh, with him. Like it, yeah. it, 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 it produced no catharsis for him. So I find that that's kind of funny. <laughs> he's just, you know, it's just, he, he's just as miserable as ever. Hilarious. People's misery yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, it sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> no yeah. yeah i agree i'm interested to see what boboram does next maybe he gets back into like directing directing or maybe he does a stand-up special i don't know i'm excited to see, you know always love boboram but maybe he'll just make 10 more inside movies and that's that's just the rest of his career is just making well yeah he he announced <laughs> it at the end of the outtakes <laughs> each year he'll just make an inside movie <laughs> inside two inside three Hey, people will watch it. They'll uh, they'll watch it every year. So, do what you want, Bo Burnham. Live your best life. Hopefully, you'll find some comfort from it eventually. Hopefully. No, there will be no comfort. There's no comfort. <laughs> it's just Definitely pain. It's not. just constant suffering. That's life. Yeah, for it's you. just like there's nothing. You know. <laughs> that's yeah. art. You just suffer and then you die, <clears throat> and that's it. That's fine. <laughs> I did like um I did watch Hustle. I saw Hustle. I've been watching Is that a lot good? Of, <clears throat> I've been watching like a lot of like I said, I've been watching a lot of Adam Sandler movies because uh, he fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, mm -hmm. mostly because I heard a hustle. I was like, okay. Let's, let's you know, watch a bunch of Adam Sandler movies and kind of work my way up to Hustle and um great movie. It's really good. Okay. It's on my really list. Liked I it. I thought about watching it. I mean, I love this new Adam Sandler renaissance we got going on. I mean, do you like underdog sports movies? Does yeah. that appeal to you at all? Then just like, yeah. this is like okay. a boilerplate underdog sports movie. I figured. Adam Sandler, he's like a talent manager. Adam Sandler loves sports. Yeah. It's very clear. He <laughs> loves basketball, especially, I think. Yep. And, you know, it's basically probably just a passion project he put together where it's about basketball. And it has tons, of course of basketball cameos Famous basketball players great basketball players play some major roles nice. um, i believe the underdog athlete in the movie is played by a real basketball player nice yeah you know it's it's very boilerplate it doesn't really do anything to reinvent the wheel but it's totally mm -hmm. enjoyable and just and nicely made and I, and I think like it's it's directed by someone that you're familiar with. I think you've watched this movie before. You probably should check. Uh, here, let me look. Like Let's it does see. not look like an Adam Sandler movie. It looks pretty good. It looks Jeremy. it looks like it looks good. Oh yeah, it's the guy who did We the Animals, which I liked a lot. Okay. 
very cool. Yeah, Jeremiah. It's also Sager. Yeah. 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 What else were you gonna say? It's also. I was gonna say like the 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 music in the movie is composed by Dan Deacon, which kind of shocked me. That was really weird. Dan Deacon is a musician I really like from Baltimore. He produces like, um, like kind of like this new classical like um electronic music. Like he he's been making stuff since like the two thousands. So it was really weird to hear his music in the movie in an Adam Sandler movie because he produces things for like indie documentaries and stuff like that. So that was yeah. kind of funny to see. That's great. Good for him. LeBron James is a producer on it. Is he in it? No, he's not in it. Okay. But tons of basketball guys are in it. Like Dr. J oh, is yeah. in it. The movie awesome. takes place primarily in Philadelphia. Um, okay. So it, like, because it's about the 76ers. It, not really about, but they're a big part of the movie so like dr j is in it and there's a bunch of people in it yeah it looks like a lot of the producers here are uh basketball players so i imagine that they had a lot of they had a hand in the film but yeah that looks that looks dope i'll definitely give that a watch i mean yeah if you just want to watch something kind of nice and chill throw it on watch a good adam sandler performance you know cute funny uh like I said, boilerplate, but still enjoyable. Just throw that on, and it's completely fine. Nice level experience. Good. Yep. And yeah, like another movie, another not really a movie, but I will shout out the new Stavros Halkius comedy special, stand up comedy special. Stavros Halkius, stand up comedy, one of the co hosts of the Come Town podcast. He has a new stand up for free on YouTube called Live at the Lodge Room, and it's a good stand up special. I don't really watch a lot of stand-up, but it's probably the best one this year. It's probably going to be the best one to watch this year. So he's funny. He's silly. He's uh, got a good voice. Um, He tells some funny stories about his family. Uh, It's good. Um, Yeah. That's great. Emily and I watch a lot of stand-up specials, especially on like a Friday or Saturday night. Because it's a nice thing to like turn on and like, you know, drink a couple of beers or whatever. And turn yeah. on. we are actually seeing a couple like we're going to like a actual show we're going to one next okay. weekend nate something i can't remember his last name it starts with the b we're anyways we're seeing him next saturday and then we're seeing john mulaney september 15th so okay you're gonna see john mulaney live okay yeah i'm excited i've never i've only been to i've only ever been to one live comedy performance before and I'd never gone to a comedy performance where I like knew the comedian before. So I'm, I'm really excited because I really like these comedians, even though I can't remember the name of the first guy. Emily, do you remember the name of the guy we're seeing? The comedian? Nate something. Bergatsky? Bergatsky? His stuff is on Netflix. We've okay. watched it all. He's... I think he's absolutely hilarious. He's, yeah, I said that too. I'm very excited. I've never gone to like a big comedy show before. Like I've only gone to like a comedy club a couple of times. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. I think this is going to be a good time. I'm really quite excited. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Yep. And I'm going to a rodeo today. So that's not really movie related, but. It's not movie related at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they make movies about rodeos i'm sure there's movies i have a friend who made a very good documentary about a rodeo i would go. i would shout it out but i don't remember what the name of the documentary is i will wow. i will find it <laughs> i will find it and let you know in the future but yeah it's it's that's all the beautiful that's all the beautiful television i watched all the all the beautiful cathode rays going to my eyes <laughs> that's the only other thing I'm just going to briefly mention uh, just because I feel like I at least need to mention it is I did go see the new Doctor Strange in theaters and there's this uh, review on Letterboxd that uh, I think is very accurate to the film which is uh, the reviews basically there are parts that they let Sam Raimi direct and that's a very accurate description of the movie uh a lot of the movie feels very Kevin Feige, very Disney. And it's very Very clear that they brought, (laughs) yeah, it's very clear that they brought Sam Raimi in at like the last minute because 
you know, the thing about Thor Ragnarok is even though it has kind of some of the Disney stuff, it is a Taika Waititi film and it feels that way. And I think if Sam Raimi was on from the beginning, it would have felt that way because there are things in this movie that are very Sam Raimi and they look good. There are some like genuinely really good looking moments in this film. And it's, you know, it's as entertaining as any of these superhero movies are. It's definitely like middle tier Marvel, but it's really solid. Yeah. Uh, I I really wish like it's very clear that these movies are always going to be like this. But like, that's what I'm saying though. Like, but like Thor Ragnarok, I would argue is okay. It still is like that, but I would say it's the farthest away. And I was hoping like they were going to start moving in that direction. And I think that's what they tried to do with Eternals. But you want to win an Oscar with that movie and he fails. Kevin yeah. Feige. Yeah. So I think that's so I the frustrating thing is Eternals is a bad movie, but it was like the first, other than the uh Thor Ragnarok, it was the first time that Marvel really like strayed away from their formula at all. But the problem is, is it was so bad that they're never gonna do it again. And so the rest of these movies are just gonna go back to like the kind of they will always be. It's so depressing that these movies are just, that's why I just can never, ever get on this bandwagon. These movies will always just be these middle of the road, for me anyway, like these middle of the road, like creations, you know what I mean? In which they do not offend or provoke or do anything all that interesting. And, you know, for you, you know, you go to theater, you watch it, you're just like, yep that was a spectacle and it was like perfectly <laughs> fine you know it's it's, it's yeah. a spectacle for what it is and if you like it then i can't really like say that you shouldn't but yeah for me it's just like there they will always be like this and it's like like that just that was very depressing to me <laughs> yeah i i can't help but agree it's disappointing i mean I, i'm definitely gonna go see the new thor movie because i love take it with tt right i know it, i know it looks I, a good I figured time, we we're gonna but, go see that one yeah I'll probably continue yeah. to see Marvel movies forever, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's been just pretty disappointing. And honestly, like, you know, Emily and I did this thing where we're like, we rewatched a bunch of them. Most of them are much better in memory than they are in actuality. Uh, like the only good ones that I've rewatched. It's really just Iron Man, just the f- Iron Man movies that are uh, worth a rewatch. The rest of them, we haven't rewatched all of them, but I think we got up to like Wait. Avengers Age of Ultron and the Iron Man ones are really the only ones worth watching again. Or- and he died. He's dead. He is dead. Kind of. Only kind of. He's kind of dead. Oh, yeah. They, I guess they have the multiverse where you can go into a universe in which uh, Iron Man did not die. Iron Man did not die. And so then I also, guess that, I guess that helps. Well, he's also like in the Spider Man movies, he's like, he plays, he's like the robot person. Like he's like her, the new Jarvis. So it's like, he's there forever like they they can't actually like the thing about marvel is they could never actually kill anybody which i heard just that i heard so that cowardly uh, you were talking about the obi-wan uh, show earlier i heard yeah. that uh that uh that the darth vader um voice acting in it isn't isn't uh the actor anymore because he's like 900 years old um, <laughs> james earl jones so yeah yeah james earl jones he doesn't do it anymore because he's 900 years old so, old. so i yeah. believe I, b- I believe for the Darth Vader voice, though, for that show, they use like an AI voice thing for it. Why? Why not so just they can get do the Darth actor? Vader voice? That's so dumb. That's that sounds bad. But it's not James. It's I think it's true. I think like. Yeah, no, I believe you. I be- that definitely sounds like something Disney would do. But that sounds like a terrible idea. So James Earl Jones will never, ever die. He will <laughs> never die. He's long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Yeah. <laughs> he will never die. We can just use his voice over and over again for things. They're uh did you see that they're doing a um they're doing that with James Dean, except like they're actually like doing his like whole like his yeah. whole person. He's been dead for so long though. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I can't wait. We never have to have another actor again. We just get pictures of everybody and we're good yep just robots i guess it'll be cheaper androids cyborgs like terminators (laughs) fun it's gonna be really i'm excited for that future 
Yeah. You said that uh, the Obi Wan. I watched a, a video where uh, these guys that I trust on YouTube watched like the first like three or four episodes of the show, and I think you mm-hmm. said that like the first episode, like nothing happens. Yeah. Um, they watched like the first like four, three or four episodes, and they felt the same way. Oh, they just solid. feel like nothing so it is continues. Happening. It continues for nothing but, to happen. That's exciting. But but they liked it. They liked how kind of like low key it was, and how kind of okay. like um uh like kind of a cutesy kind of low-key it was it didn't feel uh too um uh i don't know it felt uh yeah they just kind of like that it wasn't like a a big you know prequel thing where like tons yeah. of shit is happening on screen so they appreciated that but i don't think i'm gonna watch it still yeah although you should watch the mandalorian because that's it's very they, good. they also yeah i mean i might watch the first season of that sometime but you also gotta watch Barry. The new season's all out now, so you gotta watch Barry. Okay, I know. You got shit to watch, Andrew. You got a lot of shit to watch. I gotta watch all my TV. I can't wait to watch all my TV. <laughs> a beautiful television. Beautiful television. All right. Well, I'm out of. Movie yeah, I think things. that's it for today. I'm it. Yeah, drained out. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. Of course, you can find everything we do here at patreon.com slash life through fiction. And until next time. Thank you all for listening to another incredible episode of With Nothing to Say. This community is built by and of and for you. So thank you all for listening. And before we go, just a quick shout out to our incredible editor, Shannon Mitchell. They are one of the greatest editors in the industry, and we really could not do it without you. So thank you, Shannon. And until next week.